Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the Jaguar Report podcast. John, you got to check me on this one, too. Are we at 36? I was just I was just about to ask. You said that really confidently, and I'm I'm like 95% sure you're wrong. Oh, geez. Okay. Maybe no, it's this 35. is 36. There we go. Hey. Of course. See, it's all about confidence. Um, we've been... <laughs> yeah, right. You just proved me wrong. Or proved that you don't. I said 95% of me doesn't believe in you. Well, all right, we're a little rusty because it's been two whole weeks since we did the last podcast. Yeah, and I, I haven't slept in the last 24 hours because of football Twitter. Because so. of football Twitter. <laughs> oh, man, I'm not even going to yeah. get into that. We'll just keep moving. All right, over the past two weeks, there actually has been a decent amount of Jaguars news in action. They signed five whole free agents, and all of them got a one-year deal worth Dr. Evil's original asking price. We have running back Dearness Johnson, D tackle Michael Dogby, defensive lineman Henry Mondo, offensive lineman Josh Wells, and offensive lineman Chandler Brewer. I mean, Super Bowl, John, what are your takeaways? Like, we, these are the types of free agents I think we expected them to sign. Yeah. But it, it's, it's still funny that, and they're like, let's go for it years. <laughs> these are like their new faces. I mean, Obviously, Calvin Ridley is their big offseason addition, even though they traded for him in November. He's the big addition, you know, the new new face, the big new face to the roster this year. That's That goes without saying. They've tried for other guys, so they've obviously tried to have a class that maybe doesn't look <laughs> as, you know, dollar general like, you know, like this one. But, I mean, I think two of the five guys are probably locks to make the 53-man roster. I think Dearness Johnson is a lock to make it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, just based off what the Jaguars have said they want out of the running back position, you know, this offseason, somebody who can potentially, you know, it's a long season, so somebody who can potentially go in there and be, you know, a stretch starter if injuries ever hit ETN or anything like that. And then also somebody with special teams experience. I mean, Trent Balky and Doug Peterson have both kind of harped on special teams experience for the backup running back over the last couple of months. And then you look at Snoop Connor last year, and he, he didn't play a single special team snap. So that immediately kind of tells you that, you know, Dearness Johnson's probably at worst the number three running back on the roster as they enter the offseason program. 
you know, maybe he jumps to Michael Hastings. Maybe they add a running back in the draft. I'm still not unconvinced, you know, they won't do it. So I think the running back room is very much still in flux, but I I think De'Aaron Johnson will make it. And then, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Josh Well signing? A lot of Jaguars fans, you know, had uh, some reactions because, you know, he was in Jacksonville for, you know, about four seasons. Uh, he, He definitely had some down moments. And then he's been in Tampa Bay the last four years. They seem to, you know, be a lot higher on him in Tampa Bay than people are in Jacksonville. I mean, what were your thoughts about the signing? I mean, I, I see him as, I, I think he'll be the swing tackle in 2023. And I think right. he's an okay option for swing tackle. The only reason I would ding it, in my opinion, is because they had a better swing tackle in the building in Cam Fleming for a visit. And he, for whatever reason, you know, didn't sign him. But I mean, what yeah. are your thoughts on it? Pretty much exactly that. Like, I think between him and Cam Fleming, Cam Fleming, who, like you said, was in the building. I mean, Cam Fleming is, is like, used to be, like, an actually pretty good player, and now he's just past his prime, whereas Josh Wells has always been sort of a depth piece. Um, but, like, a swing tackle was definitely a necessary signing. I, like, I was writing an article of, like, just roster holes the Jaguars could fill, and as I was writing it, like, they got swing tackle, which is one of the ones that was on my list. And so, like, at the end of the day, like the difference between Josh Wells and Cam Fleming isn't really that big. And, but it was like a good idea to just like round out the room, similar to Dearness Johnson. Like, as you said, he brings a good floor with his special teams value. But I mean, we talked about how like they, the Jaguars really tried to use Jermichael Hasty as a power back last year in UTN a little bit. And like, I don't know, I think he could like bring some juice to the offense as well. Hey, what's your reaction if slash when the Jaguars stick a running back in the third round? In the third round, that late, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be like wishing that it was spent on another position. Like I like I'm I haven't like paid enough attention to the running back class this year to be excited about taking anyone. Like maybe if Gibbs fell that far, but like I don't I don't know. Like it's, it's like who <laughs> it's the third round. Whoever they take, I'm gonna be like I would have rather gotten someone else. I feel like Spears would be interesting, but I mean, they still they shouldn't take a running back in the third round. But I I don't know, man. They've they've done a lot of homework on this running back class, even yeah. after the Dearness Johnson signing. Like even after they still have hosted running backs on visits. So it's it's interesting. Now, you know, then the defensive guys, you know, Michael Dogby, Henry Mondo, uh, n- neither one of them signed to you know a significant contract. I don't think either one of them got signed to anything that screams. You know, they're going to make the 53-man roster. Dogby, I think, got paid a little bit more. But, I mean, he got paid, you know, it's an insignificant, you know, amount in the big picture. Dogby, I'm, I'm actually semi-interested, you know, in Dogby. I mean, he was a good – tested like a really good athlete. Uh, he flashed at times with Arizona, you know, as a backup defensive lineman. Never was used in a lot of stretches. Uh, had time with the Force Buckner in Arizona. It's just the only thing is, you know, for all of his athletic traits and everything like that and some of the flashes, he still only has like a handful of career sacks. So, you know, it's obvious they wanted to add an interior rusher this offseason and he, he's not one. And and like, <laughs> not, uh, no, I mean, come on. Is I'm he? sorry. That was just good delivery. He He's not he, one. He's right. You just. <laughs> he, he, uh, I think it's, I think, I, I think he's a interesting death piece and he can be a player against the run and i mean well he has two three sacks in his career i mean i think he's pretty interesting he came out of <laughs> temple right yeah and like he was like one of the guys that like real like draft dudes were like oh this guy has a little bit of juice he might be a sleeper 
And then, like, I don't know, he has, like, three whole highlights from his time on the Cardinals. So, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to knock him out, and I know you weren't either. But No, no, I mean, you, you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I, I agree with these. I think an interesting ad. And then, Mondo, I, I have zero opinions. I, I, have, I have zero takes. Yeah, he was on the Giants last year and was, like, rotational guy is, like, an exaggeration probably. They'll, they'll bring him to He's, camp. like, a sub-rotational guy. They'll bring him to camp and see what he does, is basically. And then that, that's right. what I think about Brewer, too, the guard they signed from the Rams, Chandler Brewer. Mm-hmm. I I would be lying to you if I told you I knew who Chandler Brewer was before they <laughs> signed him. I went back and watched a, a little bit of him. You, can, you sicko. Dude, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it, it's April, man. There's no, it is. There's nothing to do work. You, you got to think, like, during the season, I'm in the stadium, like, five to six days a week. And then during the offseason, I'm just – I'm just sitting here staring at a screen, man. I'm, right. I'm, I'm going crazy. I'm, I've almost done something insane, like in a hobby or something. But we'll, we'll make that sure. would be too wild, John. Calm yeah. down there. <laughs> Read a book. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Learn an instrument. Gee whiz. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I tried playing an instrument once. Didn't didn't work, but that's neither once here. And a, once and only once, huh? Yeah, that's neither here nor there. But I know how it goes. I mean, Brewer, he's like a decent athlete, but it reminds me of they claimed West Martin on waivers around this time last year. And I remember doing a story like six or seven teams like tried to claim West Martin, and it was seen as like, oh hey, we got this guy that so many other teams wanted, and then he got cut like halfway through training camp because yeah, he, he was having a real tough go at it. So that, that's not to say that will happen to Brewer, but. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, by the time mid-August rolls around, Brewer, I hardly know her. <laughs> we are on fire today, John. Heck yeah, buddy. Heck yeah. Uh, who like you said, Big Rusty. <laughs> who is the other guy that the Jags got last year, the Packers guy? Who, they traded like a six-rounder for him? They had a seventh, I think. Uh, Cole Van Seven. Who is just signed like a – Restricted free agent. Yeah, he signed. Oh, uh, he signed like his tender, so yeah. he'll. So he's back for a one year contract, and you know, bulky talked last year when they traded for him about you know how much they liked him in the draft uh, when he came out of Wisconsin and you know stuff like that. But let's see, he played seven pass block snaps last year and allowed two pressures and a sack. <laughs> Was it against Washington? Along with a forced fumble. No. Colts, mm. yeah, I remember that game. Uh, that that sheriff's helmet came off for some reason, and he had to come out. So Van Landen went in, and he allowed like a third down strip set. <laughs> I, I I think he'll have a chance to compete, you know, behind Sheriff. You know, hit him, Brewer, Blake Hans. I know these are all very real names that I'm throwing at you. I, I think they'll compete behind Sheriff because you know, for as good as Sheriff is and as good as he was last year, you know, he got banged up as the year went on. He toughed it out, and, you know, he was really a warrior. He played every single game for the first time since, you know, 2016, and he did that despite being on the injury list like the last six to seven weeks. Mm-hmm. But they, they still need somebody to, you know, develop some depth behind him. Left guard, I think, is a position that you have been barged there. You have Tyler Shatley there. You could add a guy in the draft. You could even add a guy in the draft for right guard, but that's more or less how I see the Brewer. So I, I see the free agent additions as – Johnson will be the number three, maybe number two running back, probably number three. Wells will be the spring tackle. And then the other guys are fighting for a roster spot, and 
that is your Jaguars 2023 free agency. <laughs> there it is. I mean, I would say it's fair to say that none of them are going to impact the draft, right? Like the Ernest Johnson signing, it means like if they don't come away with the draft with a third round running back, it'll be okay. And like Josh Wells is, if they don't come around with the first or second round tackle, they'll be okay. Yeah. And, and that I think is, you know, the kind of additions you want to make before the draft is, you know, you never want to back yourself into a hole, be like, okay, I'll have to take an offensive tackle in the first two rounds, you know, for right. Wells isn't stopping you from taking a guy like Darnell Wright in the first or Dewan Jones in the second or anything like that. But you can at least, you know, you, you don't have to be in a mayday scenario if you don't find a tackle in the first. Yeah. You don't have like a lot of pressure or a yeah, lot of heat. Exactly. Makes the job a little less stressful. I can respect that. Hey, hey, man! I, that's that's the way everybody. That's the way everybody should should operate. That's the way the world around. goes around. Just draft them vibes. Just draft them <laughs> vibes. That's how Zach Wilson went number two. <laughs> oh man! Well, I mean, right. I, overall, like this free agency, you know, period for them was it about where you expected. Yeah, I mean, what we're about to t- get to in a bit, I think, is that like they chased a couple of like higher name free agents so like the fact that they didn't get anyone for over a million dollars for one year is like i don't know made it like a little bit of an emptier feeling because there was some hope there that they could go after like a calais campbell or maybe darius slay there might have been one other name but they were just like seemingly in the running for and then nothing happened which is to be expected but since since there were rumors out there i don't know it gets people excited yeah but what 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 is it from Blades of Glory? It it gets the people going. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I can't believe I don't know the quote. You look like it's, it's provocative. It's provocative. It's provocative. Thank you, you look like somebody who loves that movie. I thought you. Were <laughs> I think I only watched it once, but I definitely like could not stop laughing when I watched it. I'm a huge Napoleon Dynamite fan. I know you and are. And Step Brothers, <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty much yeah. the perfect movie. I hear you. I hear you. Good movies, good movies. Big John C. Riley fan. Mm-hmm. I, it, I think overall, like if Trent Balky could like pick his perfect offseason, like one like this would probably, you know, be it like an offseason where you don't have to spend and you can just resign, you know, death guys. Like I think if you look at last year's offseason and this one, and you want to figure out which one is closer to what Balky's actual philosophy as a GM is, it's probably this one. We'll see. I'm excited. Yeah, are you? Yeah. I was just trying to segue to the next thing because I feel like it's <laughs> going to end any minute. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Do you have to, like, end this recording and start a new one? Or end this meeting? Nothing's come up yet. Oh, nothing's come up? You So you want to just keep rolling? Yeah, let's keep going. I like, oh, okay. I like providing bloopers for the YouTube crowd. Let's keep rolling. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Give them right, let's do subscribe. It. Next on the docket, Calais Campbell talk. I've got a timeline here for you, John. Oh, yeah. March 23rd, 2023. Calais <laughs> Campbell visits with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Four days later on the 27th at the NFL's owner meetings, Doug Peterson says to our guy Demetrius uh, from the Times Union, it was a great visit with Calais. He's obviously spent three years in Jacksonville and helps them get to the AFC championship game, guys like that, you cannot pass, pass up an opportunity to at least bring him in and talk to him. And then two days later, the Falcons swooped in, big wink, 
and signed him to a $7 million deal for one year with it's all guaranteed and up to $9 million he can make. So <laughs> Brian Windhorst. Yeah. Man. What does what, it mean? What happened? The... <laughs> he put together like it was like a J like a timeline of the JFK conspiracy. <laughs> now, well, I mean there was just a lot of excitement because like I mean, first of all, it's Calais who was like the so-called mayor during the 2017 Saxonville season. Um, and just like the fact that it was a free agent at all. I don't know if they'd signed anyone up to that point. Maybe like the first three signings they had gotten yeah. done. I, I I think it was yeah, I think they hadn't had the first three guys already in place. I mean, there there was definitely a lot of excitement. I think he, I think what Trent Balky said at the owners' meetings, even more than what Doug Peterson said, you know, showed that they they thought they were still in the running, you know, for Campbell. And there, there's no reason obviously to think otherwise. I mean, you know, they said they were competing for him and, and stuff like that and they would check in on it and i think it was the next day or so after that that gamble <laughs> signed with atlanta yeah. when you look at what he got from atlanta i think it's obvious kind of why he got there i mean obviously great guy on and off the field he's a leader he's still a plus run defender he can give you a few sacks here and there as an here and there <laughs> as an in, there, yeah as an interior pass rusher which is what they need but He's also the oldest active defensive lineman in the entire NFL. Like mm-hmm. he's not one of the oldest defense linemen in the NFL. He's the oldest one. He's going to be 37 in week one or week two, something like that. So yeah, yeah. he's he's closer to 40 than he is 33 right now. He so, was like if Tom Brady played defense and never did anything in the postseason. Okay, you didn't you didn't <laughs> have to add that part. Wow. That was rude. Well, I mean, Tom Brady just has done a lot in the postseason. That's all I meant. Play is Campbell as a family. So I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm sorry, Clayus. Yeah. No, and Tom Brady doesn't, so checkmate. So, <laughs> that's more so that's more so what I meant. Yeah. All so, right. Now we're on the right page. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I was just agreeing with you that he's really old is the main point. And like as exciting as it was, and like as much as defensive tackle would have been a nice signing, like it was definitely like an overhyped possibility. It in the politest way, I think it would have been a more impactful signing in terms of getting people excited and happy right. than, than actual on the field. Like his, his, his like his, if you look at like you know like a Madden thing for him for the 2023 season, like top trades would be like vibes. You know, like that'd be <laughs> that'd be what the addition we would be. You know, it'd literally be a signing based on vibes, and mm-hmm. you know, let's all feel good. Like obviously, vibes, height. I don't know what the next one would be, but that's definitely top two. He has a lovely voice. He does have a good voice. All he right, so that's three right there. Yeah, I believe it's a soprano. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know actually... anything about that. Yeah, I only played an instrument once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do think, though, that I don't want to speak for anybody, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Jaguars were probably surprised when he signed with Atlanta. Like, it, it did seem like to me that Things are pointing to him, you know, coming back to Jacksonville. But I also, the Jaguars, I don't think were, well, obviously we know this because he signed with Atlanta, but I don't think they were willing to pay him anything like near what Atlanta paid him. No. And well, John, did you see that Arthur Blank gave him a personal 40 minute phone call to talk to him about on and off the field impacts? That seemed to be a real seller. I mean, Desmond Ritter was a good selling point, I suppose. (laughs) Yep. I, it, there. They, it, it was funny to me like, 
Calais like mentioned signing with a contender, and then that PFT <laughs> yeah, quote came. That. that PFT quote came out the other day where he was like, "With Desmond Ritter, we if he develops, we can potentially play late in the year." <laughs> okay, guy. Sure. He's just already like he went from I want to play for a contender to mm, man, I hope a we do. signing for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I I didn't see it as big of a loss as other people did. I perfectly understood why people were melting down but i figured it had to do with the money aspect of it and once i think once the money came out i don't think anybody really was that bothered anymore no and like it's pretty easy to get excited during the off season like there's just nothing going on yeah that's the one thing like (laughs) it would have gotten people excited for an off season otherwise includes signing a swing tackle and a number three running back and some rotational training camp guys but Mm -hmm. It, it it was, I think, though, at least a sign from them that they're willing to explore, you know, all options, even the Darius Slade thing a couple weeks ago, you know. They've at least, it seems like, done their homework on guys. It's just mm-hmm. this, like I said, Calvin Ridley is the only move <laughs> for this offseason. It, it's almost like they're counting on Trayvon Walker's development to be like adding a whole nother player. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Ideally, Devin Lloyd would be the same, but it doesn't seem like they're like as confident or hopeful about that part. What do you mean? I, there was a quote about him playing on the edge. Yeah, there was, but that was like a small part of like a Trayvon Walker story. Yeah, <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> I, okay, what do you think about this? Like, I feel like Evan Ingram counts as like a similar part of like the Calvin Ridley edition, where like I don't know, even though it's like doesn't really feel new. He was supposed to be a free agent and like he got paid a significant deal and it's had implications on like the cap and the ability to bring in other guys. So like, I feel like you can count like bringing Evan Engram back as like part of the off season. When it, you're summing it up. Was he ever really supposed to be a, a free agent? I guess that's true. If he, signs, that, if he signs an extension, I'll give that to you. I'd put a little more behind it. Okay. He's still on the team though. It's better, like, if imagine if he wasn't on the team, then they would have been able to sign some, at least one other, like, decent free agent. But their tight end room would be Luke Farrell and Luke Farrell only. Hey, man, Luke and Farrell that's what man. it is after this season right now, I guess is your point. So I, When I posted uh, the video, Aaron Berkshire, you know, awesome photographer, does work, you know, around the NFL with the Jaguars, that video he posted of Trevor's workout. In the tweet I posted, I completely forgot to say that Luke Farrell was there, too. <laughs> they like him, dude. They like him. Well, okay. So here's a question around at the free agency talk. Is there any other positions that you see them, like, just trying to fail to get in, like, another decent, like, body in the room? Like, would tight end be one that you think they signed yeah. that before the draft? Or tight end and edge and corner? are probably, like, the three that come to mind. Yeah, I, I think definitely tied in. I think corner, it w- they could probably enter, you know, like this period of the offseason, you know, with this many corners. Like, you don't need as many, you know, for the workouts. I mean, right now they have only three tight ends on the entire roster. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of reps for, you know, Ingram, Farrell, and then you have Garrett Prince, who is an undrafted free agent. <laughs> I was going to say the three tight ends. I forgot yeah. about Prince. Yeah, yeah. So I I think tight end just because to give guys like some breaks. But 
I don't think it'd be anything other than that. But it makes you like wonder if like there's any consideration at all, especially with Rayshon Jenkins restructuring his contract. If there's any consideration to, you know, potentially adding guys after the free agency period is over, which is like a couple days after the draft. Like it's still free agency, but then mm-hmm. signings don't count toward compensatory picks anymore. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, that, that's on Baltimore. Yeah, because I, I figured, like, there's not really going to be a lot of signings around the league at all up until the draft, like, yeah. just because, like, you'd rather wait until after the draft to, like, fill the, like, small needs rather than, like, yeah completely, like, fill out a roster, as you're saying, if they, there's already a certain amount of guys at a position group. Yeah. So that makes sense, too, with, like, the end of free agency. So, I guess, like, maybe one to two super cheap guys could be added before the draft, but still expecting it to be pretty quiet. Basically guys like Chandler Brewer. (laughs) Yeah. Etc. Gotcha. Want to make your own podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then lets you distribute it everywhere and anywhere, and even earn money right from it. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here is how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, no matter where you're at, you can start creating today. All right, well, are you ready? It's draft talk time. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. First, we're going to go through an article you posted two weeks ago-ish. 24 names for the Jaguars to watch at number 24. So in tier one, we've got long shot selections. You want to just like kind of go through it? Yeah. So Jalen Carter, Joey Porter, and Broderick Jones, and Miles Murphy are guys you think are like, you could put them on a list as possibilities, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like I I didn't put Devin Witherspoon on there because I don't think he's, does anyway, you know, he's going to get there. Or same with, like, Paris Johnson or something like that. The other guys, I could at least, like, see, like, Jalen Carter, I have no idea where his draft stock is, dude. Like, like yeah. I, I have no idea, like, is it going to go five to the Seahawks or is he going to go, like, middle of the first round? I think he's the best player in the draft, but yeah, I, I also believe that teams, you know, probably had questions on him probably before all of this, you know, happened, you know, rather – Right or not, so but he would still like if he's at twenty four. Like I, I, I don't care. I, like <laughs> anything. Like simply, like you can't not take him if he's there. At yeah, like, he's too good. Like the, I, I don't think there's no way he gets out of the like top half of the first round for that reason. It makes sense if Daniel Jeremiah made a good point. Where like his agent said he won't t- visit anybody outside the top ten picks. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Eagles told him, like, hey, if you're at 10, we're going to take you. Or maybe someone just told his agent that he's a bad interview, so he's trying to li- limit the interviews. I like my way more. All right, well, we'll see. I like Just, like, with, like, what we know about the NFL in terms of, like, them continuing to hire, like, not good humans, I, like, would be so surprised to see him fall. Yeah, ten or sixteen. Yeah. Uh, Miles Murphy, I feel like would probably be the name that's like most likely to fall among these guys. Would you agree? I I think so, just because 
yeah, he kind of had an incomplete draft process, but man, he he had a good pro day for me. Like I saw some people talk about his agility numbers weren't super impressive, but I mean, when you consider I mean, he's like a base four three base end, he's like two hundred and seventy pounds nearly. I thought he had a really good day. And it, the question with him is, you know, I think he's going to be solid right away as you know a pass rusher as a run defender the question is how much more can he go up from there just in terms of you know him his, his go-to is he's trying to go through guys and i think it's kind of proven that bull rushes aren't a great you know move in terms of projection from college to nfl kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> we saw Trayvon walker do a whole yeah season of that's bull rushes, about you know but but i mean his speed the power is impressive he has probably the best get off in the class i think i think he can right away be like a probably like a five to six sack guy. It's just you wonder how many of those pressures he can turn into sacks. But when looking at the rest of this edge class, I think he's like the most complete guy outside of, you know, the the top Will guys. Anderson. Yeah, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson. Yeah, I, Wilson. I think I probably have Murphy as edge three. Okay. I like I just feel like he's the name that I've seen of like just like randomly slipping in mock drafts for like not really like a big reason other than just like I don't know maybe maybe just like seeing his name so much that it's like boring now because I feel like he's one of the few guys that's like always been in the top 10 of mocks for months now yeah and I mean he had a hamstring injury so he he didn't test at the combine uh-huh. we we didn't really hear anything about him for like the last like three to four months yeah okay in tier two the home run picks we have Tennessee offensive lineman Darnell Wright Alabama defensive back Brian Branch Georgia edge rusher Nolan Smith and Florida interior offensive lineman Osiris Torrance. That's that's a pretty good list. I I think they draft any any of those four guys. They're probably ecstatic. It, it wouldn't surprise me if those are like four of their high like four of the guys that they're hoping that are fall there. Yeah, like Brian Branch, I feel like is like the single best short term fit for the Jaguars roster. And you like you don't really want to be drafting for short term fits. But at the same time, I don't know, like you go on the spiel about how nickel is like increasingly important in today's NFL. And at the end of the day, like he's just a very good he's NFL really good. defender. He's really just good. a really good defender. Like, uh, like, sure, there's the question of how valuable is a nickel compared to an outside corner. But I like Brian Branch more as a nickel than I like any of the corners are projected to go there. Like I like Deontay Banks a lot. We'll talk about him some, but mm-hmm. I don't like him more. I like Brian Branch. And like you said, he that's a starter in the NFL. And Trim Balky actually has a precedent for taking that kind of player. You know, he took Jimmy Ward number 31 overall in 2014 and said after he took him that, you know, he's going to be the nickel, you know, that, that we're drafting him to be a slot cornerback. You know, so he's at least shown that he's willing, I think, to go in that direction. Branch, I don't know how much safety he could play. He could probably do it just because he's such a smart and instinctual player, but mm-hmm. he's not going to be the best athlete on the field. But, man, he's a good player. He's a really yeah. good player. I mean, like, end of the day, if the Jags draft a good player, then you got to be happy. I feel like that's the same with Darnell Wright, who seems like the best offensive line pick, along with um, Torrance. But, like, like as high of a floor Torrance seems to bring, or as he – as much of a safe pick as Torrance seems to be, like Wright would be so much more valuable. And the fact that he's can play guard, but is mostly like a proven tackle on both sides against SEC competition. Yeah, no, we the mock draft's going to come out in the next couple of days. I 
probably shouldn't even <laughs> like reveal who I who I picked, but you know, for SIs like Fan Nations publisher mock draft, I had a choice between, you know, right and Torrance. And I went I went right, like literally for what you said. Like they're both, I think, on the same tier of probably prospect, but one is a tackle who gives you guard versatility, one's yeah. a really good guard. So that just, you know, like you said, that's more valuable. But I mean, I, I think they'd both be really good additions. I, I think they would both help the running game immensely. And I I think the one who would probably have the most question marks, at least in my opinion, is probably Nolan Smith. Yeah, me too. Like, I was going to ask, would he be the edge four for you? Or, like, I just don't know as much about him as the other three guys in this category, yeah. honestly. So that would definitely be, like, the most wild card pick to me too. Yeah, no, he he is uh, edge four for me. It, 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 like, in 2013, it's in, like, like – small like edge rushers like skinny ones like who weighed like 240 pounds or like all you know the rage everybody on draft twitter you know loved the super like the guys who look like you know track athletes on the edge and that just hasn't been proven to be the case in the nfl you know it's as jim balky says it's a big man's game and you know that it, it it's, it's true on the edge like there's there hasn't been anybody nolan smith's weight drafted in the first round as an edge in a, a, a long time. I mean, Barkeep yeah. Bingo weighed more. Vic Beasley weighed more, even if I, – I, I, I don't know. He he looked pretty – he would have made the Yahoo all-juice team that draft cycle is, is <laughs> all I'll say. He, he, Vic Beasley didn't look like the 230-pound guy he was at Clemson. But, like, you know, small edge rushers, they just do not get drafted, you know, highly. And you, you look at one of the most recent guys with a similar kind of – frame and build to Nolan Smith chase on another guy who you know he's really small he doesn't have a lot of length uh Nolan yeah. Smith is under Trent Baalke's arm length you know threshold the one that we've at least theorized after looking at his picks throughout the years is it 33 yeah is, okay yeah yeah Nolan Smith I want to say his arms are like I want to say they're like 22 uh, not 22 Jesus <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like child. No. That's T Rex T Rex. Yeah, no, no, no. His arms are 32 and 5 8. So, in terms of arm length, he's 17th percentile among edges, 2% percentile in weight, and 15th percentile in height. So, he's a smaller guy, but he, he's a great athlete. He can cover. He plays a run really, really good for a smaller guy. Like, yeah, there's there's a question of guys are bigger in the NFL, but he was playing in the SAC. You know, like it's not like he was playing against Pac-12 or Big 12 spread offenses or anything like that. You know, he was playing against big offensive linemen, and he he's a great run defender. He's like the prototype 3-4 Sam linebacker, the guy who, you know, he can blitz off the edge, he can stunt, he can drop into coverage, he can play that run. You know, he's probably never going to be your best pass rusher, but he can do a little bit of everything. I think he can be a better pass rusher in the NFL than he was in college, you know, he, he's really good quickness, really good bend. Uh, his strength, to, uh, his speed to power won't work as much in the NFL, obviously, because of his size. But I think the traits are there to be, you know, untapped too. Obviously, though, the red flag is, okay, when are you going to actually draft a pass rusher who, you know, recorded sacks <laughs> in college? <Yeah. laughs> like, that's, that's a fair retort after drafting, you know, Trayvon last year. But I would also say... You know, 
if and yeah, looking at Nolan Smith's numbers right now, he didn't have a season of more than three and a half sacks. Like he, he was a Georgia pass rusher, you know, you know, like everybody gets sacks and nobody gets a ton. But mm-hmm. I think just in terms of like Trayvon Walker, I'm not sure there's a prospect in this class who fits better with Trayvon Walker than Nolan Smith. And that's, you know, duh. They played together at Georgia. We're part of an elite defense together. But, I mean, Nolan Smith would, you know, allow Trayvon to play inside more because he's somebody who can do that stuff on the edge. He can set the edge. He can drop into coverage. He can be their speed rusher opposite Josh Allen on, you know, third down. So, you know, he can work with him on stunts and and games and stuff like that, work well with him. We saw him do it together at Georgia. And also, Trent Baalke, obviously – is a big fan of Georgia prospects. I mean, he's taken obviously he's taken two in the top fifty in you know each of his you know Jaguars. So I think you know Nolan Smith is definitely a name I think worth considering. I know I just kind of went on a spiel about him, but he he's a he's a really interesting case study to me because if he works out, he's an outlier. So do you think that there might be as much of an impact on Josh Allen as there is on Trayvon Walker if the Jaguars do draft Nolan Smith? in terms of just, like, his long-term status with the team as opposed to, like, inside-outside versatility and, like, scheme talk? Yeah, I, I think that's an underrated storyline, honestly, with their draft needs is that Josh Allen is playing on a fifth-year option, and, you know, it's, you have to figure out what you're doing with him entering next offseason. It's kind of weird. It feels like nobody talks about, you know, like a Josh Allen. Like, am, am I wrong for that? Like, nobody talks about, you know, Josh Allen's contract or how it plays into the future, well, is he eligible for an extension right now, this offseason? Yeah, you're eligible after your third season. Okay, then yeah, I agree. It should be talked about more. And I mean, no, one, no one else has really mentioned it. Yeah, no, he's he's, he's going to be playing on his a uh, on his fifth-year option. So he's he's been around for a hot little minute now. Quiet, quiet. <laughs> no, like, quietly, he has. Yeah. You didn't I, like that, did you? No, I, I loved it. Hot little minute. I feel like, I don't know. I keep going back and forth with this every month, probably. But if you ask me your day, then I would say the Jaguars should extend him, even if he's paid like a top like ten route edge rusher, maybe not top five, but like you got to keep some good players around sometime, and not just like the Roy Robertson Harris's that you pick up off the street. My my expectation is for him to for this to be his final season. That's. That's my expectation. That's another reason why I'm thinking more and more now edge at 24 because, you know, similar to when they took Josh Allen in 2019, they took him when Unique Ngakwe was in the last year of his deal. And, you know, they played together for a year. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) They played together for a year. And then Josh (laughs) Allen, you know, took over as their top edge rusher the next year while Ngakwe was traded. I, I think it could be similar to that. You take a guy at 24, pair him with Allen, and then a year later, Allen leaves, and you have another. <laughs> you need to draft another. And you're just stuck in the timeless loop. Like, right. just both offensive tackle and edge, like, they've just been, like, recycling those positions, it feels like. And, like, we're, like, I don't know. I would say, like, the shape that the roster is in is more affected by, like, the lack of good late-round picks or mid-round picks in recent years than, like, just having to recycle yeah. premium positions but still like it's it's tough to see like Jawan leave this year and then potentially to see Josh Allen leave next year fair point fair point all right let's go on to the next tier which is tier three the solid options we got Ohio State offensive tackle Dewan Jones 
Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks, Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer, Georgia tight end Darnell Washington, and Iowa edge Lucas Van Ness. I was most surprised to see Lucas Van Ness in this year just because, like, I don't really have a personal take on him, but I just feel like I've heard a lot of, like, top 10 or, like, top of the first half hype. Oh, no, there, there definitely has been. And, like, I could rationalize them taking him at 24 in this class, but he just, to me, is very far away from, you know, being a a, a high-volume sack guy and being, like, just his pass rush, like, tool set. You know, we talked about, you know, not wanting to see bull rush and speed the power every play. I mean, that's, that's Lucas Van Ness, dude. That, yeah. That, the upside to him is obviously he tested really well and he had he has a background as an interior defender. They actually played him as a three technique in 2021. So, you know, he has inside out versatility, but he's another guy who, you know, I I can just vividly see them drafting him, standing him up on the edge, and then him bull rushing for 30 snaps a game. And they're just, you know, you've been like, okay, what else is there? But yeah, yeah. he's a good he's a good athlete, lots of length. So I I I wouldn't I wouldn't kill him for drafting him. Like I said, he's a solid option compared to I mean he you can play him on base downs automatically and, and you can't say that about some of the other edges in this class. And like I said, he also gives you inside outside versatility. So there's value there. It's just if if anybody was frustrated by the growing pains of Trayvon Walker's rookie year, then he'd probably be another similar <laughs> case, I think. All right. I heard that. Uh, <laughs> you don't is, want that at all, do you? <laughs> you kind of talked me out of it. Yeah, like, now I'm like, all right, tier three, that seems about right. Again, like, it's more just that, like, I've been hearing that yeah. like, he's a no, top yeah, 10 no. player. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes top ten in this draft. Like like I said, this is this is a stupid draft class. I, <laughs> I, I, every draft class ever will have good football players. This one will have some pro bowlers, probably a Hall of Famer here or there, but I, I, didn't, I don't enjoy this draft class. I didn't enjoy last year's draft class either, so. Figure right, it out. Well, much. Of these two tight ends, what's your personal preference between Michael Mayer and Darnell Washington? Mayer. Okay. May- Mayer, he can step in and be a really good pass catching threat right away. I know he didn't wow out the combine, but uh, I I don't want to like compare him to Antonio Gates because Antonio Gates was obviously you know a freak and one of the best tight ends ever, but. How he plays is like so similar. Like he he wins at the catch point. He wins with leverage and really efficient, you know, breaks. I think he's a better tight end prospect than TJ Hawkinson was. I, mm-hmm. I, I I think he is a better pure pass catcher. He can be a red zone threat. He's good after the catch. He can block. And he you can right away, like you can play him, both him and Darnell Washington are two tight ends in this class who you can right away play with Evan Ingram. Just the difference between them and why I say Mayor over Washington is Mayor can, I think, automatically give you more in the passing game early on, while Washington is still kind of a work in progress in that aspect. Right. Man, I feel like that would win the award for just, like, most fun pick, even if it's not necessarily the best value or anything like that, just because – not that, like – like, I feel like I've probably overstated in the past about how Doug is, like, a two-tight end guy, and, like, maybe that's just because his best, like, offensive weapons were two tight ends. And so, like, he doesn't necessarily, like, need 12 personnel, but at the same time, he's such a good, like, offensive play card that, like, he cooks with it. And so it would be fun to see that. If if they took either one of them, but specifically Mayor, like, that would be one of the toughest passing games, I think, to defend. I mean, Ridley, Kirk, Ingram, you know, Mayor, like, just you have a lot of versatility there, man. And 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Zay Jones is objectively your fifth best receiving option. I mean, obviously he's getting paid more than a guy you would hope is your fifth best receiving option. But I mean, yeah, yeah nobody's complaining. If, I mean, if that's if that's the case. Yeah, that's like the kind of offense that just sort of beats themselves. Where like I feel like the def- uh, defenses would have no choice but to drop everyone back, and then like it's just about how much like uh, patience you have it with just running in those fronts. Yeah, I, I, that I, I would be a lot of fun though. It 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 perfectly describes this class to say that taking a first round tight end would be one of the more entertaining picks. Okay, in terms of. Uh, balky pick is there another player in the class that would be more of a balky pick than uh ohio state tackle dewan jones yeah he's the biggest dude in the class dude (laughs) he i posted a picture of him playing high school basketball i guess he was like six two when he entered like the seventh or eighth grade or something like that like he's an absolute like he's a freak dude i posted a picture of him playing high school basketball it's like the kid going up for a shot against him is you know full vertical giving everything he has and then Mm -hmm. he's just like not even like feet are barely off the ground, just nearly blocking. Like, yeah, just he, like looking like his yeah. version of Shaq. He's he'd obviously would have some limitations just for how big he is. He probably shouldn't play at the weight he weighed in at the combine as, but mm. I think he's a better athlete than given credit for, you know, just with his pure, I mean, size. And then he he knows how to use his length and size, you know. He, I mean, his wingspan, he's one of the like longest offensive tackles ever. I mean, he. He compares very favorably to Trent Brown and yeah. Trent Baalke. Uh, I mean, go look at some of the comments he's made about Trent Brown before. I mean, he's probably <laughs> one of his favorite draft picks he's ever made. Yeah. I almost feel like he, like, maybe there's a stretch, but, like, Cam is pretty big. So, like, I feel like Cam would, like, sometimes remind him just because of, I don't know, probably not. <laughs> but let's move on to Deontay Banks. Where would you rank him in terms of – like your cornerbacks because he's like a name that I've heard and seems like one of the better guys that would be like a first round corner for the Jaguars. Um, but like, what do you think of him? I'd probably put him around like fourth or fourth or fifth cornerback. I he he's had a better off season than uh, Keely Ringo has had. I thought they were mm-hmm. like I liked them similar in terms of tape, and then Banks had a great combine. Ringo had a disappointing one, especially based on the expectations for him going into it. So, I mean, he, he's one of the best athletes in the class. You know, really good outside cornerback who I think can play inside. Didn't play inside a lot at Maryland, but he's a really good tackler, really good blitzer, very physical. The only real question, you know, I have is the ball skills because the ball production at Maryland just isn't there. You know, not many pass breakups, not many interceptions. But if you want, like, a pure outside cornerback, like, to develop so that next year and the next two years you have, like, two freak outside cornerbacks who can run and have length for days. I mean, it's him and him and Tyson Campbell would be a fantastic duo for the future. That'd be awesome. It would definitely be interesting to see like the path that first round cornerback takes, just because I feel like, I don't know, cornerback is one of those groups that teams seem wary to invest like too much in just because I remember like Byron Jones and another corner going to the Dolphins a couple years ago. They were like, Oh man, this is so sick. Like they're going to be able to just clamp everyone. And then, like, one injury later, and, like, they can't cover anyone. So you don't really want to, like, I don't know, overindulge, I guess. But at the same time, like, cornerback is up, like, their biggest need along with edge. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I probably – it's really tough, man. I, I don't know which one I'd say is 
the bigger need right now. I really don't. Like, I'd still probably lean corner just because, like, you need three starting corners and you need two starting edges. And they have two starting edges, but they don't have three starting corners. But, man, it's it's tough. All right. The next tier is the interesting options. Tier four. Clemson defensive lineman Brian Breesey, Oklahoma offensive tackle Anton Harrison, Georgia cornerback Keely Ringo, and South Carolina cornerback Cameron Smith. Oh, and Iowa State edge uh, Will McDonald, the fourth. So, like, this is the territory where it's, like, I feel like none of, like, the really good guys drop to the Jaguars and you're almost having to settle a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Breesey's interesting because he used to be a top ten guy. I mean, same with Ringo, you could say. But I don't know. This is a little bit getting a little bit uncomfy. Yeah, like Brazil would be like he'd be a pure upside pick, and that's why he's as high as he is. But he's complete like projection. You know, like he you have to really trust your defensive line coach. But yeah, he he tested well, and like you said, he has the you know background and pedigree of a guy. You know, potentially worth you know taking a chance on, but I, I'm with you. There, None of these picks, like, just looking at them would be picks that I'm like, okay, wow, that's, you know, A+. plus. Like, I that – they're in this, you know, tier for a reason. Ringo, obviously, like I said, he has his issues. He didn't have a great combine. He's not great in terms of agility. He had a mediocre pro day. Cam Smith had a good combine and had some versatility, but I, I'm not sure if the NFL is even as high on him as media is. I, I mean, I saw, you know, the – Athletic has them as like the twelfth cornerback on the board, and Dan Brugler is normally pretty plugged in with where guys are going to go. And then Will McDonald, you know, super athletic, lots of length, but he's small, he's old, and he played as a four eye in college. It, it, like, like for people who don't know what that is, I mean, he was basically a defensive tackle at Iowa State, and mm-hmm. it and nobody should say, oh, they ran a terrible defense because they used him like this because college defenses aren't trying to make projections for guys that are pros clear. You yeah. know, Iowa State runs a great defense, you know, for to stop in the Big 12 offense in the Big 12. Yeah. That's obviously why they do it. But in terms of, like, reps he had on tape where it actually looked like what he'll do in the NFL, there are few, 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 few on there. So that's one where, like, it's it's a complete roll of the dice. You know, trust your coaches on trades. Like. I'm curious, what do you think – who do you think would fall the most? Because, like, Ringo I could see, like – or I couldn't see falling too far just because he's, like, a freak athlete and, like, the class isn't great. But, like, McDonald, as you said, is old and small. And, like, I feel like old defenders who, like, can't hold up against the run super well or, like, I don't know, I'd be surprised if he went in the first round. And then Cam yeah. Smith, I feel like I've seen at the bottom of – or, like, a lot lower in mock drafts yeah, I, I, than I would expect. I think all three are going to be second round picks, honestly. I, yeah. I, I, Ringo, it feels like every time there's like an article about like scouts or what coaches are saying, it feels like he's getting killed. You know, like I'm just, I think he's going to be a second round pick still because, you know, really good 40, high pedigree. He's one of the youngest corners in the class, but I mean, he has his issues. I, I would guess Ringo gets drafted, then McDonald, then Smith. Okay. Um, tier five, the potential reaches. We got Northwestern defensive lineman slash edge. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, let me let me try it. Auditamua Audibor. Oh man. I feel bad. I feel like I butchered that. You did, but you came close. 
<laughs> okay, we have Georgia Tech defensive lineman slash edge Keon White. Utah defensive end Dalton Kinsiad. Is that I how you say that one? Uh, Mississippi State corner Emmanuel Forbes. And Texas A&M defensive back Antonio Johnson. And Michigan defensive lineman Mozzie Smith. Yeah, I, 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 w- I would not – Great, any of these picks good in, in the first round. I like, I like some of the players. Like, I like the Northwestern defensive lineman. I like Keon White. Uh, I, I like Emmanuel Forbes, but I don't like them at 24. Dalton Kincaid, he, for one, he's an F only tight end. You know, he, he can't share the field with Evan Ingram. Like, you can't play them together at all. So, I, I, I don't know where his stats are coming from. And then, two, he's coming off a back injury and hasn't tested this process. I don't know how you take that guy in the first round. Forbes, I, I like a lot, but he's one of the lightest cornerback prospects like ever. So mm-hmm. again, another outlier. Uh, Antonio Johnson, I, I he, I, I would bet a lot of money the Jaguars are going to be higher on Antonio Johnson than I am. He seems like their kind of player, but I just I'm. Does he, he remind, remind you of Rayshon at all, or give me a comp? Reminds me a little bit of Josh Jones. <laughs> no. That I'm being serious. Jones. I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah. He had some moments. Super hard hitter, man. Super yeah. hard hitter. He, he, he like he almost was, a linebacker. Yeah, and he was used. He was using the slot a lot. Like he was basically like their slot corner, but he blitzed a ton. He played the run really well, but you didn't see anything from him in terms of downfield coverage or ball skills. So mm-hmm. yeah, Josh Jones is my comparison. Oh man, yeah, and like you definitely need like to be able to cover vertically if you're playing in the slot. As well as play good run defense. Does it not sound like a guy they would love? Oh, he yeah, 100% does. I agree with that. So, and it's funny that like the top two like slot early options would be him and Brian Branch, even if there's a sizable tier gap, but yeah. they're just such different players. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more edges because as you kind of mentioned earlier, the Jags have been doing a lot of research on the position. Um, it was reported yesterday that Auburn's Colby Wooden is going to visit the team and other edge visits include Nolan Smith, Tennessee's Byron Young, Louisville's Yaya Diaby, Will McDonald, and Lane's Andrew Farmer. Hey, Georgia so Tech, Keon White, too. Oh, and Keon White. So uh, that's one, two, three, four, seven visits so far. And I don't have, like, the thing right in front of me, but I feel like they've probably done – have 30 or 40 reported, probably 30. Yeah, and, and they went to LSU's pro day for BJ Ojolari. They went to Kansas State's pro day with for God, uh, Felix Anandike Uzoma. Mm. So they – shut up. They obviously have, like, looked at – yeah, they, they've, they've done their homework on this edge class. I think they're – like, a lot of times, like, some teams, like, will have needs that seem, like, super obvious, but – you know, they won't think they're as significant, but it definitely seems like the Jaguars have made it clear that pass rush, you know, like. Right. I've they're, got, like their focus in April's pass rush to me. Peterson said at the owners meetings, I think we've got to improve our pass rush. I think it's vital, particularly on third down. I thought we were good with the run. We just got to continue to get better with the run and shore up some things there. I think the passing game is the area we have to look at and address in the off season and clean that part of it up. So yeah, they're happy with the run defense and the need more pass rush, but I like, I, I agree with you that like all the smoke with 
the quote and then like their visits and stuff is pointing to an edge pretty early. But even though I said like edge and cornerback would be top two, I feel like cornerback in my opinion would be like number one, just because I've seen like how often the secondary has been burned over the years and like how much depth matters matters at that position. And so like I definitely think uh Brian Branch or like a solid first round cornerback prospect would be ideal. My counter would be that maybe they could rationalize that they can get a nickel corner outside of the first round. Like, do, do yeah, you have to like, spend a first round Derek, pick on a slot corner? Oh, you're like, I'm cool with drafting like a slot guy late, but then like the fact that you didn't bring in like anyone at the position in free agency. I know that you said they already have like a decent amount of bodies at the position, but like yeah. when, when Darius Williams, like, just like sprains an ankle, then like all of a sudden their defense is like not going to be able to compete against top 12 passing offense or top 12 offenses. That's fair. That's a good point. Like, okay, I'll concede that. They definitely definitely need depth at both positions. And so it's definitely very close, but I would just personally like to see them prioritize cornerback. I think out of this group, obviously big fan of Nolan Smith. I think Yaya Diaby is a really interesting guy. He, he, Really explosive athlete. You know, he can fire off the edge. Uh, he's flexible. He's somebody who I, I I enjoyed watching his tape. I wasn't a big Byron Young uh, fan. You know, he's an older prospect. He's not overly, you know, bendy. You know, he's got to rely on power, but he's not a giant guy either. And then Colby Wooden, he reminded me a lot of Dewan Smoot. He, he, you know, he's literally a tweener in every aspect, but, I mean, show is Dewan Smoot, you know. I mean, yeah. tweeners can work in the NFL. Yeah. He's – the fact that they brought him in for a visit, I thought to me it was like one of the better like team fit like visits that they've had so far because he can play on the edge, he can play inside and in sub packages. You don't want him on, you don't want him as your speed rusher off the edge on third down, but you don't also don't want him inside on running down. So, I mean, mm. that literally sounds like Dewan Smoot. And then yeah. you look at a picture of him, and I mean, his build, he looks like like he looks like a Dewan Smoot type of pass rusher. So, I think that one makes a lot lot of sense. And then. I mean, I, I think Keon White is super interesting, but there are also like red flags. Like he's he's an older prospect. Uh, he started his college career as a tight end, but he's been playing defensive end for the last couple of years. So eventually, the project thing can kind of throw it out. Like he was still a defensive end his last year at Old Dominion, so it's not like he just moved to defensive end. So yeah. you kind of wondering, you know, where the production is. He was injured for pretty much all of 2021. So that, that makes sense to me why they would bring him in on a visit, you know, maybe answer some medical questions. But I also, I, I love his power. I love his inside-out versatility. I think he could be a super interesting guy that kind of adds to that rotation. Like, just in terms of, like, physical, like, aggressive, imposing edge defenders in this draft, like, he's 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 one of them, dude. Like, he's, he's an ass-kicker. So all of these guys would be probably, like, round two-ish, right? Everybody but Nolan Smith, yeah. Right. And then, like, maybe White could sink into the first, but probably not. I, I think White's going to be a second-round pick. And Will McDonald could be – I could see him as a first-round pick. Right, yeah. McShay – I know McShay mocked him to the Jaguars at 24 a few weeks ago, but he started talking about him as early as, like, pick 10 in that mock or something like that. And I yeah. don't think he's, like, just saying that, you know. And yeah. Tony Apollon said teams had, you know, rave reviews about, uh you know, his pro day, which Bill Shuey was at. You know, he posted – an elite, like an all-time great three-cone 
which you would hope at 239 something pounds, but you know, still they, they, it's, it's at least an interesting group to me. The only guy I really, I'm not interested in is probably Byron Young. He, and that's, that's just what I saw off tape. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm wrong all the time. Like literally, my, my, yeah, I know. I know my, my draft evaluation, my stuff is wrong all the time. I, the one thing I think I'm good at in terms of draft evaluation is game fit and seeing how they would fit with the team. But in terms of how good they'll actually be, I'm, I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, are there any like later names? Like let's pretend the Jags nab Brian Branch at 24 and then like Dewan Jones falls to 56 or like, is it going to be an edge with the first one of the first two picks? Maybe a guy in the third round, you know, maybe a guy like Eric Hall, you know, right. out of Auburn, maybe Isaiah Foskey falls some. Trying to think even like the guys who would probably be around then. Andre Carter, maybe from Army. I, I wouldn't take Andre Carter <laughs> with a yeah. pick, but um, no. Yeah, no offense to the troops, but I just, I, I don't think he's that, <laughs> that kind of player. Uh, Zach Harrison, maybe. Isaiah McGuire. Zach maybe. Harrison definitely does seem like a balky guy. He I feel does. like he's like a popular mock draft guy. It, you're going to see Bull Rush for 30 snaps. <laughs> I feel like I saw one Twitter clip when he did a spin move. So maybe there's more. Sure. Um, okay. So cornerback. Edge probably, then cornerback, then offensive tackle is like the big three for the drafts. Yeah, I, I, I'd say so. I, I think still like I don't think Josh Wells changes the you know outlook on that as much as you know anything else. So I, I, I would agree that those are probably their three biggest needs right now. In terms of secondary needs, we kind of talked about tight end a little bit, so maybe that, maybe running back as you guard. mentioned, guard. Another corner, like if you okay, so if they double dipped at one position, do you think I, it would be... they need to double dip? In my opinion, on both edge and corner. Like yeah. I, know, I know they took two corners last year, but <laughs> but they were not good. So yeah, and what's like, stopping you from doing it again? Maybe safety. Like I know they have the top three safeties. Maybe they want to get better at number four. Uh, interior defensive line, you know, perhaps the only positions I think that they shouldn't consider spending a pick on are. Off ball linebacker, I just just don't do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever your desires are, just don't you know you don't need to do it. You know, you like figure out if Devin Lloyd or Chad Muma can play. You have Shaq Quarterman as a backup, you know, you're yep. you're fine. Uh I don't think they should pick a running back. Like I I, I, I know. I, I they probably want one. I, I can see that very clearly, but you have three decent ones and obviously Travis Etienne is much better and decent but you have three NFL running backs on the roster I think you know just roll with that for right now Get yeah down the road for another you year. got too many other holes yeah and then quarterback you obviously don't need to take any quarterback no Doug is a big like take a quarterback in every draft guy like I think he literally wrote an article about it but I would definitely agree and then like wide receiver like, it would be cool to see them take one day three as, like, a special team slash maybe could turn into, like, a deep threat or, like, a big body because that's kind of, like, what's missing from the room. But, like, with Zay being paid $7 million to be wide receiver three, like, they've got a lot already. So, yeah. if they I, if they skip over receiver completely, I won't be upset. I, 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 don't, I really don't think they're going to take a receiver. I, I really don't. Yeah. 
which okay. it, which is wild that you know one for probably the most drafted positions in the NFL over the last couple of years. If they don't take a receiver, they'll have gone three drafts and will have selected one receiver, and he was a sixth round pick from Georgia Tech. So that'd be a good bet. Yeah. Okay, I've got one other question, which is looking at the top twenty four piece. Like, where would you slot in a trade down? Because I feel like a trade up just like makes no sense. Yeah, if they, if they trade up, they should get hammered. Uh, like, I, I, literally, we, like, like, there's not one player that it would be worth it for. You, yeah, you should not trade up in this. Like, uh, obviously, okay, if Jalen Carter falls for some reason, I would trade up for him, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't even trade up for Jerry Porter Jr. Like, I, I'm, I'm not trading up in this class. He was like the one name I was going to say that, like, I mean, like the one realistic name that, like, maybe they trade up for him. Probably put a tier under Brian Branch and then trade up is right above like Nolan Smith and Osiris Torrance. I mean, trade down, Jesus. Yeah. Trade down. Yeah. So, so I'd, tier two, a home run, home run. Yeah. 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 And I'd say it's like take Darnell Wright or Brian Branch if they're there. And then if they're not, trade down is probably the best case scenario. Okay. I think that's a good plan. I think we did I, it, John. I think trading down smart in this class. I really do, man. Like the, the strength is going to be on day two and day three. Collect those picks and then. You just know the New Orleans Saints are trying to trade up with somebody, man. <laughs> as hard as possible. Yeah. So I, I mean, what? They pick like, what, 29th, 30th, something like that? Like, do you, Why do they have that pick? They, uh, the Sean Payton thing, wasn't it? Oh. I honestly actually don't know. They have the. I mean, that sounds right. I just. They have the 29th. Yeah, they have the 29th pick. Okay. Yeah. So well, there you uh, go. That, yeah. no, that's a good, that's a good tidbit though. That's a good trade down partner. I mean, so hey, trade down to twenty nine, pick up like a fourth, maybe a, a third, something like that. I think that'd be a win. Yeah. Like I, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather get nice. I'd rather trade down and get an extra pick than take Nolan like Nolan Smith or even as far as much as I like Osiris Torrance. Like he's a good guard prospect, but I mean he he's a good guard prospect. <laughs> yeah. And then like all of a sudden like. The Dewan Jones and like the tight ends and like other like slightly lower tier guys are like all of a sudden slightly better picks. Yeah, like if you could trade down and like they traded down and got Darnell Washington, somebody would probably build a statue for Bulky that night. Mm. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be sweet. Um, all right, John. I think that's it. Maybe we'll do this again next week. Hey, we'll see. Hey, no, yeah, we got a on the seventeenth. So yeah, ten days from now, off-season workouts start. So, you know, some little little juice coming to the to the football world. There we go. All right, you got anything else before we get out here? We just got uh, a Zoom warning. Yeah, nah. I sorry for the technical issues this week. <laughs> no, I, I, we, it, we figured it out. It was it's fun. part of the charm. It's part it of the is. Charm. It happens every single time. <laughs> hey, it would it wouldn't be a Jaguar Report podcast if it went smoothly, and I wouldn't want it any other way. I would I would be incompetent with you and any podcast guest. <laughs> Same goes, John. All right, well, I'll see you next week. Until Thanks. then, thanks for the listen.